Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. And now we will get going with the message. We're in our final week of the waiting series, and we'll begin with a short video. Those who wait on the Lord don't go anywhere. They don't move forward. They don't turn back. They wait. Wait for God to answer. Wait for the Father to provide. Wait for the Avenger to act. For the hurt to stop. For the door to open. But sometimes, in the waiting, in the stubborn trusting without seeing, we find an unexpected moment, and then another, an unreasonable peace, a surprising joy, a shocking sense that the answer matters less than being loved by the one we're waiting for. And so we worship in the waiting. And we wait a little more. One of the things we are waiting for is Christmas. And what I would like you to do right now is I want you to think about your worst Christmas ever. Okay, got it? Now I need you to think about your best Christmas ever. Best Christmas ever. So we're going to take, take a little while to think of, let's see. I believe it was 1976. I, I believe I was 10 years old, and Mattel came out with a toy called the Flying Aces Aircraft Carrier. I'm going to have a, happen to have a picture of it. <laughs> and, and I remember that year... That it was all over the place. It was in catalogs. It was on TV, and I wanted to have the Flying Aces uh, aircraft carrier with the planes and everything like that. It was so cool watching it on TV. It was just incredible. That is what I wanted for Christmas. And so I asked my mom and dad, you know, do you think maybe I could get the the Flying Aces? Uh, uh, aircraft carrier, and growing up, there were eight kids in my family, and uh, Christmas morning came, 
the flying aces was not under the tree, and my mom told me it was too expensive, that she couldn't get it for me, which I was okay with until earlier this week when I happened to do a web search and I found this picture. Are you kidding me? It was $12.99 and was too expensive? Really? Really? $12.99, Mom? Granted, this was back in 1976. Seven, that was 77. But really? $12.99? Actually, this is the best Christmas yet, so this isn't the bad one yet. Maybe this year's the bad one. But, but what happened was I, I, didn't, I didn't get it, and I was just kind of bumming around. And the way that we did it is we had Christmas Day with our family, and then two days later we would have Christmas with my mom's side of the family. And my godfather was there, and there was a present under the tree for me. And sure enough, I open it up, flying aces, uh, aircraft carrier. I got exactly what I wanted. And not only that, but my mom and dad that year got all of us like a group gift of an air hockey table, which made it the best Christmas ever. So that's, when it, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, 1976, and every one since then has been downhill. <laughs> it kind of has. And this is, this is, this is why, but this is why. This is what it, this is, I did a lot of thinking about this over the last week. And I figured it was my favorite Christmas because I got what I wanted. And for me, over the years, I think that really has been the way that I gauge whether Christmas is a success or not. Am I getting what I want? And now I will tell you that, that as I, I've gotten older, I, it's not about toys. But even now, the, the peace and joy that I'm missing from Christmas still comes because I do not get what I want. Now, what do I want? What I want is, as a pastor, I, I realize Christmas is a time of year when there are some people who don't go to church all year long. And, and what I want is I want on Christmas the attendance to be just incredible. And I, I want to know that as I'm writing my message, that I write it in, in such a way that, that people will be able to see Jesus clearly. And, and that they'll be able, with, with their life and, and the life of Christ, that they'll intersect on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Rock and Eve. And what will happen is, is there will be a change. And then that, what the, what's going to happen is the change is going to be that they're going to see their need for Christ, and that way through the rest of the year is going to be just like Christmas Eve, that everyone who's there Christmas Eve will come back, and then it doesn't happen. And then I'm disappointed because I don't get what I want for Christmas. And, and you can say that that's maybe even noble, but there are people in this room who I know are hurting right now who, who do not have peace and joy because they are not getting what they want for Christmas. And just so you know, we're, we're praying for you. We, we have your prayer requests. 
and we understand that you are lonely and, and that what you're asking for doesn't seem to be that much, really. What I want is someone to spend the holiday with. What I want is to have that relationship that, that is strained all year long, that for some reason Christmas just, just makes it so much harder to deal with because you think about it more, that you want that relationship restored and, and you want to enjoy that company of that person all year long. We understand that you can't be with the family that you love and care about. We understand that your kids have grown up and it's different when, when they're moved out of the house. We understand stress, okay? And so we're praying for you. And we're praying that the Lord will help you in your stress and, and will help you deal with the things that, that, that are causing you grief and pain and heartache. But the question I have for you today is a very important one, it's, and it's one I've been asking myself all week long. Dan, can you be happy if you don't get what you want for Christmas? And if your answer is yes, that I, I am not going to be happy if I don't get what I want, no matter how noble it is, if your answer is yes, you will not have peace and joy now or probably ever. Because as we look at this waiting message, the waiting is not waiting until we get what we want. The waiting is where we wait to give us what we need and, and what God wants us to have. And if that is what we are waiting for, waiting for, for God and waiting for what he wants us to have, my, my promise, God's promise to you is that waiting will not last forever. And as a matter of fact, that waiting can end today with peace and joy just in time for Christmas. Fill in the first blank as we start. Christmas is a time notorious for the absence of peace and joy. And the cause of that many times is because we are not getting what we want. So where we are going is to a portion of God's word, uh, a letter written to the church at Philippi. It's written from the Apostle Paul. We, we've talked about this before. He wrote it when he was in jail. He, he wrote it at a time when he was not getting what he wanted. What he wanted was to be out of jail. What he wanted was to be able to go on with his ministry. All very noble things, things that, that a pastor should want. But God's answer to him was no, not at this time, Paul. You are not going to get what you want. Instead, you are going to stay where you at, where you are at, and you are going to get what you need from me. And this is what he writes in the fourth chapter to the uh, church at Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. And stop there for a moment. Another way to say that is find joy. In the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord means find joy in the Lord. That's where you, if you do not have joy and you're looking other places to get it, the place where you are going to find that joy 
is in the Lord and your relationship with him. And then he says, I will say it again, rejoice. And as he wrote this, it's, it's kind of funny because he wrote the same thing a chapter earlier, and, and it's almost as he was writing this, he was anticipating someone saying, Paul, you already said that, okay? You already told us to have joy. We get it. And he said, rejoice, and just so you know that I know that I'm saying it a second time, I'm going to say it a third time. Rejoice. This is so important. You can have this joy now. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul wanted these individuals to have peace and joy and he stressed it to them again and again. He wants you to have peace and joy no matter what you're going through, no matter what point in life you are at. Even if you right now, like me, are waiting. One of the things that that helps us understand this, you can write in the blank, we are not only waiting, we are moving forward. It's important for you to understand that concept that we are not only waiting, but we are also, every single one of us, no matter in what situation you happen to be waiting, you are moving forward. In that video that we show at the beginning, it's the video of the train, that as the car is sitting there, you could argue that car is not moving forward, and therefore this is, it's not true, we're not moving anywhere. But the reality of it is, is that even though that car is not moving, the train is. And because the train is moving, that they become closer and closer till the time when the train will be gone and they will be able to move on. In whatever situation you are in, even if it seems like the the line is is standing still and, and there is no movement, we are moving forward. If nothing else, in, in, a, in a worst case scenario, we are one day closer than we were yesterday until the time when we will leave the waiting room of this world and we will be with the Lord in heaven. Take one more day off until we finally get what we are truly waiting for, which is leaving this world and being with the Lord in heaven. And it's important to see that, that progress in your waiting. And that's what this is about, this letter. And Paul identifies a few things that are going to help us find this peace and joy, understanding that we are moving forward, that God is not only working on situations in our lives, but he's working on our hearts in those situations. Let's take a look at these verses individually. First of all, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
the Lord is near. That was said 2,000 years ago. Think about that for a moment. It, it's going to be a short time now, but, but remember, the, the Lord is near. And for some reason, in a line, doesn't that help you? That if there is a line, a, a line that goes all the way from, from here or around the store, that for some reason, when I'm halfway through the line, and when I'm almost to the front, or, or when I'm at the front of the line, I don't know about you, but my disposition changes. That now I'm one of those people at the front of the line, and, and I just, you, you can feel it. You know this is going to come to an end. And for some reason, that gives you encouragement to keep moving forward, the fact that the Lord is near. So in our lives, the Lord is near as well. I, I think of that just the other night, happened to be at a concert, a Christmas concert at Arizona Lutheran Academy. And for their Christmas concert, it, it was a little bit longer. It was, it was a two-hour concert. And right behind us, where my wife and I were sitting, was a mom with three kids. One still in, in a car seat, maybe, I'm guessing, six months old. Maybe another daughter that was two. And a, a son, maybe, that was in the neighborhood of, I don't know, six or seven years old. And, and those kids were unbelievably well-behaved the entire concert until an hour and 45 minutes in. When Tanya was telling me, Dan, it's almost over. You can do it. Quit, quit fidgeting. You, you know, it's going to be okay. And, and, and that's when I, I heard a little restlessness of, of the, the little girl as the mom was holding her. And just listening to the mom say, it's almost over. You know what? Just, just hang in there a little bit more. And there's something about that. Something about knowing that the end is close that keeps us going, of saying, you know what, we can do this. And for Christians, it's important for us to understand that the Lord is near, that there is a reason why he's not here yet. And that is because the Lord is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to have eternal life. And the reason that our waiting continues is because as we wait, we also do the Lord's work and others do it as well. The Lord is doing his work. And we wait, and the Lord's time is near because the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, still needs to do its work. We continue. Uh, our waiting, in the blank you can write, our waiting is almost over. Our waiting is almost over. He goes on from there. So now in our waiting, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Man, this, this time of year, the, for me, with the anxious and the anxiety is high. It just is. And I don't know why. If it's because the extra church service, the extra work that needs to be done, the fact that we know that there's going to be a lot of guests, and for that reason, I get, I get anxious. And one of the things that, that I do when I get anxious is I eat. And one of the things I love eating when I'm anxious is Christmas cookies, which makes this the perfect storm at this time of year, or pretzel m and 
And uh, those, that as I look at those things, what happens then is I find this is when that anxiety comes, that at, at some point there's a path that I'm going to take. And what am I going to do with this anxiety? Am I going to go this route and, and, and try to uh, self-medicate however you want to say it? Or is it possible that there's another route? And what a blessing to go through it this lesson this week. And so for me, that as I was feeling this anxiety, and I know when I feel it, and, and I just have, I have this restlessness, and it, to say, you know what I'm going to do right now? Is I'm going to take time instead to pray about this. And, and so for me as a pastor, to be able to, to sit down and in my daily devotion to, to set aside of time in my devotion to specifically pray for the things that I want for Christmas. Many people to come, the gospel to be, to be preached clearly, and to put these things in God's hands. Lord, this is your kingdom. And Lord, you are working through your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, I'm taking all this pressure that I feel that, that's not designed for me and I'm not designed to carry anyways. This is your work, Lord, and I know you work through me, but I'm bringing this back to you. Lord, work through the people of Crosswalk to invest and invite others. Lord, lead people to come here for worship, to celebrate your birth. Be with Pastor Jeff and myself as we share the good news of Jesus Christ. Be with our, our, our band and, and all those who set up, the people at Crosswalk Kids, who, whoever are in any way associated with the, the sharing of your word. And Lord, you take care of it. We will work hard. We will prepare, Lord, but you take this because it's too much for me to carry. Can you do the same? Can you do the same for the things that you want for Christmas that probably down deep you know you are not going to get? Can you entrust your relationship, your loneliness, your stress, whatever it happens to be that is keeping you from having peace and joy now, can you take that to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I want, but you know what? Even if I don't get this, I'm going to give it to you and you give me what's best. That's what he wants for you for Christmas. In the blank you can write, Talking with God changes anxiety into peace. Into peace. Now, that peace we have with God, there's really two parts to it, just so, just so we're clear in understanding this, that you have peace with God. And the first part of that peace, just so we're clear, that the peace you have with God has been accomplished for you through Jesus Christ. And when we say that we have peace with God, what we are saying is as we take time and, and we know our wrongs and we know our faults and, and possibly in all these things that, that we want, that we know we're not going to get, that, that in one way or another we've played a role in this through our own weakness, through our own faults, through our own shortcomings. Maybe we've made a mess of these things and we don't have peace with other people and, and, and we don't have the things we want, but we do have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through his payment on the cross, through his resurrection from the dead, that, that this Christmas, not just this Christmas, today and every day, to know that you and God are okay. 
That, that as he looks at you, you are forgiven. And so, first of all, these, these conversations that you're going to him in prayer, to know that he listens to you, that he cares about it, and he will answer. The second part of the peace, then, is the peace that, that you then begin to feel. And, and it's, a, it's the peace that you feel because you know that that peace has been won by Christ. And now as I take my prayers to God and I know that he answers and I know that it's in capable hands, that he gives me, that he gives you a sense of relief and an enjoyment of that relationship. And even as you're waiting for what you want, that you know he is there with you and you are not alone. We continue. So we go from anxiety to peace as, as we go to the Lord in prayer and, and he assures us through Christ. And now, the peace of God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So now that I have this peace, it's going to, it's going to be a guard for me, a, a guard for my heart and my mind. When the people would have, would have heard these words, this is what they would have thought of. Sorry, camera guy, I didn't warn you about this. This is what the guards did. They, they walked the walls and they watched. They watched for any possible attacks and that is how they, they guarded it. When I think of this, I also think of my dad way back in the day before there were really security systems and like that. And the, the police in, in the town where we grew up would walk the, the main street and check every door to make sure no one had forgot to lock the door of their store, maybe look in, and, and they would be uh, the guard who would make sure that no one had broken in or, or if somebody did or there was some type of burglary taking place, that they would, would stop it. And that's what God is promising you and why it's so important that you understand the peace that you have in Christ, that you go to the Lord in prayer, because now that you have this peace that comes through Christ, that, that is, is a side effect and comes directly from prayer as well, that this this now, this peace from God, guards you. And that doesn't mean that there are not going to be attacks. As a matter of fact, the reason why we have guards and, and we have police in place is because we anticipate attacks. That's why they're there, so that when the attacks come, then immediately something, uh, an alarm can be sounded to say, you know what, I see someone now, there, there is some danger and what are we going to do now that we see that danger? We, we are going to call for reinforcements. We're going to get help. We're going to recognize that we're under attack. But even understanding that that's true, when we know that there's a guard, when we know that there's a police force, it helps us go to sleep at night because we know that we're protected that we know that we're just a phone call away, 911 away from help coming immediately. And so it is with us as well. As these stresses come our way during this season, to know that the Lord is there guarding us. In the blank, you can write, 
God's peace acts as a sentinel in our lives. Going back and forth there every day. No matter what problems we run into, he is there. We continue Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about these things. And so it's, it's taking your mind off the things that you don't have and now focus on the things that you do have. As a staff, we happen to be reading this book. It's called Super Better. And one of the chapters we're in right now, every, every chapter has a, uh, a little bit of an assignment that you do. And one of the, the, the assignments on becoming super better is they, they ask you to think about superheroes, and not like a specific superhero, but just superheroes in general, and write down everything about that superhero that is, is, is a trait that is a good trait. And so take a couple minutes to do that. We did that. So wrote down, you know, they help people who are in need. Uh, they're interested in justice. Uh, they're fair. Uh, they, they use their strengths for the good of others. I mean, anything you can think of when you think of superheroes and what they do. And this is what the book maintained, is that if you have that list and you look at that list on a daily basis, it is more likely that you will begin to take on the traits of a superhero just based on the fact that you're thinking about this. And and so as I I was looking at this, I I met it with a degree of skepticism. You know, I, I just thought, I don't know about that. And then a couple things happened during the week that were very different for me. And, and one of them was, I, I happened to be, it was two days later, I was at the post office, Levine post office. If you don't like waiting, don't go to the Levine post office until February. Anyways, <laughs> we love them and we're thankful for their service. But there's only two, two people working. And so there, there was a line of, of 10 people and I was you know, going through this and I was feeling good because now I was fourth in a line of 10 people. And uh, the end is near. The end is near, Dan. And a gentleman came in with two envelopes. And he walked from the end of the line right up past everyone towards the front of the line. And my anger did not kick in. It really didn't. I, I, I figured he's got two envelopes. As a matter of fact, a, a part of me was seeing what was going on. This guy just needed a couple stamps. And so just, I just did this. I just said, excuse me, are, are, are you doing all right? Can I help you? And he, he spoke to me in a little bit of broken English and it, it was trying to explain to me that his daughter had just called him from school and she was sick and he needed to go pick her up right away but he also had these two envelopes which actually did have postage on them, but he wasn't sure if there was enough postage. And so I said, you know what, why don't you give them to me? 
I, I will mail them for you. I'll make sure they have enough postage. If they need more, I'll, I'll put it on for you. Don't worry about it. And he was just like elated. I mean, he was like, thank you so much. And, uh, and I can't believe he believed me. Uh, that <laughs> so he walked out, threw him in the garbage can, like, sucker. No. <laughs> No, but but I but I took the, but I took the the, uh, the the envelopes, and the two ladies behind me in line said, "We should have done that." We, you know what? We we are ashamed that when he came through, we didn't offer that. And 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 then I started thinking about why I did. And the reason why I did is because I did. I had been thinking about these things of being kind and helpful and, and those things in need, and, and they do. They, they, they stay around in your brain. Last night, I did it again. I, I, this is stuff, I'm not suggesting you do this necessarily, but last night I did. There was someone on the side of the road. and I, I'm just telling you, I, since I've moved here, I've not stopped ever to help anyone like that. Last night I did, and, I, I, and, and as I thought about why, I, it's because my thoughts have been directed there. Now think about this for a moment. These, these words where it's saying, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. This is more than just focusing your thoughts because what this does is this directs us to our God and his word. Because one thing that, that, if you want to think about one thing in each one of those, there's one thing that is all of them. And that is God's word. And, and I thought about that as well during the week. Those things, and we had a whole ser- series on this, didn't we? The superheroes series. The superheroes, as we look at a lot of the things that, that we look at and we say they are, it's what our God is. And the promise is not just that we have this powerful thinking where we, where we focus our, our thoughts so we become better people, but what we have through our God is the promise of the Holy Spirit, that he not only changes our minds, but he changes our hearts, that as we are in his word and the Holy Spirit works inside us, that it, it begins to change who we are. And I don't know about you, but I do know about me that when I look at the misery that I have endured over Christmas, over the past 30 years, most of it was because my thoughts were not directed at what was right and pure and lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Another one, not only God, but also his son. And that is the baby in the manger. And when we consider everything that Christ is for us as our Savior, everything that he came to be, and how that begins to change who we are, we begin to change. Our thoughts begin to change. Our lives begin to change. Our hearts are changed by our God. In the blank, you can write, I can direct my focus, and you can This is just a reality. You can direct the focus of your thoughts. Last time, Jeff told us, uh, he talked about individuals who purposely forgot God, that they they did everything they could to forget God. Now, this is the opposite. This is telling you to specifically remember. 
Specifically remember these promises of God. The next, focusing on what is honorable allows me to enjoy God's blessings now. Now. The change begins today. And I'm going to tell you, this is, this is a difficult exercise. If you look at the very end, and we don't need to go to it necessarily on the board, but for meditation, one of the things that I challenge you to do during this next week, what is one thing that is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy that I will direct my thoughts towards? You're already doing this to an extent if you are doing Pastor Jeff's 40-day thanks challenge. Because what, what, what you are being asked to do is direct your thoughts to something that you are thankful for, three a day. And chances are, if you are thanking God for them, they are one of these things. They are worthy of praise. They are, whatever it happens to be, they are right. They are good in some way. And so whether you're reading God's word and you're finding something or simply enjoying God's creation or the, the blessings that God has given you, identify these things. And then the, the, the other part is to maybe consider your life right now, the influences you have that are not these things and, and to, to go away from them, the things that are wrong, the things that are impure, that are not lovely, that are not excellent and, and they're not worthy of praise, they're, they're disgusting. Think about what it is that comes into your life, what you allow in, and specifically focus on what God gives you. Focusing on what is honorable allows me to enjoy God's blessings now, today. The waiting is over. And the final passage, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the promise and the God of peace will be with you now. In the blank, you can write, our peace and joy come from the Lord. Our peace and joy come from the Lord. We rejoice in the Lord that we enjoy and, and we find peace in the Lord. We find joy in the Lord. This series has been a waiting series. And in the Old Testament, the waiting that everyone did was waiting for the birth of the Savior. Waiting, when would the Messiah come? And if you go back, it was, it was 4,000 years or in that neighborhood that, that we know about. That's how long they waited. And on one evening in the city of Bethlehem, the waiting stopped. The waiting stopped because the promise was fulfilled. And that promise continued to unfold in the life of Christ. And all of the things that they waited for, the, the Savior who would come to take away the sin of the world and show the love of God for God to be with them in the world, happened. And that is why as we look at that waiting for you, it's over. Emmanuel, God with us, is here today with us today, to be enjoyed today. But as we look forward, we know that we are also waiting. And we're waiting for Jesus to come again. We're, we're waiting for, for finally to leave this world, to go to the place where we belong. 
And now you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. The Lord is near. He's going to return and it's going to be soon. That's what he promises. You can make it. But as you're waiting, enjoy the peace and joy of God now. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for times of wait because when we wait, we get to consider our our need for you, consider your love for us. And the more and more we do that as we consider everything that you have done for us in Christ, uh, that we receive your peace from the Holy Spirit, that we can have joy, that we can rejoice in you today. Please help us, every individual in here. There are things that we want for Christmas. There are things we want to go our way, the right way. And and help us to let that go. And to look at Christmas and, and instead of thinking about what we don't have or what we would like to have, help us to look at what we do have. Things that are right and excellent and praiseworthy. Lord, we have you. You are with us today. We have your word today. We have your promises today. And be with us as we continue to wait until one day we see you in heaven. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. The time for waiting is over. Uh, the, The time for enjoying the gifts that God has given us is today. And so as you celebrate the Christmas season, Think about when, when you, whenever you hear the music and those words, peace and joy, take time to reflect on them. Take time to focus on them because they are gifts you can enjoy now through Christ. And as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen.